You can call her mayhem or mayday Talk shit, she at your head I ain't talking bald face She don't fuck with baby daddies Fucking up the funk sway Taking care of four kids Sunday to Sunday Fly earth and round trips When she hit the runway Comedy original She do shit her own way Made the stage her place Moving at her own pace Fuck with her the wrong way This gonna be a long day She watch basketball wives Loving hip hop too Born in 81 One day four turned to 82 Funny, ratchet, and cute. She a winner, that's true. She don't even take L's eating alphabet soup. Mayday, mayhem, 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 mayday, mayhem. She a cool black nerd, always been smart. Ever since she turned eight, wanted her name in the charts. Monty Python was a shit. Richard Pryor made a star. Red Fox and Eddie Murphy, inspiration to her art. Welcome back to the Mayday Mayhem podcast. I am your host, Mayday Mayhem. And today we will be talking about a few things. Um, for one, we will be um, having a remembrance in the life um, of Latasha Harlings. And we will be talking about her case. And then we will also in the second half speak about Kurt Franklin and the conversation that arose with him and his son and my input or actually my thoughts on that situation. So that's what we will be talking about on today's episode of the Mayday Mayhem podcast. Now, um, Latasha Harlings, if you do not know who Latasha Harlings is, she was the young 15 year old girl 
that was killed March 16th, 1991 by a um, Korean American convenience store owner for a $2 bottle of orange juice, which she thought the girl was trying to steal, but she was not. And she shot the girl in cold blood with her back turned right in the back of her head. And it was videotaped. So that happened in 1991. And why am I talking about it today? <clears throat> Excuse me. Because it was brought to my attention. Um, as you guys know, I am on an app called Bego under Mayday Mayhem. And um, I was in a room, which I usually do surf through rooms. And I was chatting with a young lady and she was giving out a little history. And I love history, as you all know. And she was talking about this young lady. And I remember this happening. You know, I heard about it growing up because in 1991, I was like, what, nine years old, eight, nine years old in 91. No, 91. Yeah, I was about 10 years old in 91. So, you know, I had no idea this was going on, but I did learn about it as I got older. And she brought awareness to me today, you know, saying that. You know, this was her going home day and, you know, she wanted to spread awareness and I was like, yo, that's real groovy. So with her spreading awareness to me, I'm taking this knowledge and I'm spreading awareness to y'all. So I just want to spread the knowledge. And like I said, I remember it, but I didn't. Remember, I remembered the case, but I didn't remember the case, you know. So, of course, I did my due diligence and I did research. And Latasha, this sweet baby, this sweet, sweet baby, she had it rough from, from the get-go. This sweet baby. And not only that, um... Latasha Harlings was killed 13 days after the videotape beating a Rodney King. So if that gives everyone a premise of what was going on in Los Angeles during this time, they had the Rodney King um, beating. This girl died 13 days after his beating. So... As usual, United States was in the uproar over what racial inequality, a black man being what again, beat down. And I'm going somewhere with this. Just stay with me. Right now, I'm in my little serious mode because this kind of clicks something with me. Because if you heard me yesterday, I spoke about the Derek Chauvin case. And as we know, Derek Chauvin is the man who put his knee 
in George Floyd's back, well, on his neck, rather. And for eight minutes and 46 seconds. And that was the reason why he lost his life. And so now he's going to trial for killing a black man in broad daylight for a, a alleged counterfeit $20 bill. Now, but let's start with Latasha. Now, Latasha was born Capricorn, January 1st, 1976, and she was born in East St. Louis, Illinois. Now, her mom was Crystal Harlings and Sylvester Oscoff Sr. And they, she had one younger brother, Vester Oscoff Jr., and one younger sister, Christina. The family, they moved from Illinois to South Central Los Angeles in 1981 when Latasha was six years old. Her father took a job in the steel mill, no foundry, while her mother worked as a waitress at a local tavern. Um, she actually lived a few blocks away from where she would be killed like 10 years later. Now, this is where my heart goes out to the whole entire family because it was just tragedy after tragedy. Now, her father was allegedly known to be abusive towards her mother, Crystal Harlings. Now, he used to attack her in front of, you know, Latasha and her younger siblings. The marriage was so unstable that they eventually got, you know, a divorce in 1983. But on November 27th, 1985, Crystal... Her mother was brutally shot dead outside of a Los Angeles nightclub by Cora Mae Anderson, which was her father's new girlfriend. Leaving, of course, Latasha and her younger siblings in the care of her, her, her grandmother, which was Crystal's mother, Ruth Harlings. Um, you know... And with her, you losing her mother in such a violent way, you know, it, it made her kind of rebel. So she started to argue and rebel against her grandmother and her aunt because, you know, she, she you, you have to understand this baby had a lot of feelings going on inside of her. Not only did she have to see her mother be abused by her father, but then her father, her mother finally be strong enough and show her strength and leave her father. But then to have her father's girlfriend shoot her for what? Girlfriend is locked up. The mother is gone. Now she has to stay with her grandmother and her father is, you know, e imagine just put yourselves in this young baby's, in her, in her eyes, in her shoes. She had a lot of anger inside of her. 
So, but she was a student at Westchester High School. But let alone she still was a student. But, however, on the day, soon day, soon Day store, Empire Liquors, located at the intersection of 91st and Figueroa Avenue in Vermont Vista, Louise, uh, Los Angeles, was normally staffed by Deuce, uh, husband and son. However, on the morning of the shooting, Dude was working behind the counter and her husband was outside resting in the family van. Shortly before 10 a.m. on Saturday, March 16th, Latasha entered um, the store. Dude observed uh, Latasha putting a $1.79 bottle of orange juice in her backpack. Now, you got to understand, like back in those days, um, we had the backpacks that, you know, it had like the mesh on the side. She put it in like that side where you can clearly see it. You know, we had backpacks that had to be durable, but also she had the little, you know, it wasn't made like our backpacks are nowadays. But, you know, it probably was a normal thing for her. To grab her orange juice, put it in her bag, you know, get whatever else she's getting, go up to the counter, sit her orange juice on her, on the counter, and pay for it. You know, this girl frequented this store. You know, it was um, the corner store that she usually went to. But on this particular morning... Uh, his wife, dude's wife was out in there, um, at the store and she concluded that Latasha was attempting to steal. She didn't see that Latasha Harlings had the money in her hand. So do claim to have asked Harlings if she intended to pay for the orange juice to which do claimed Harlan's respond, what orange juice? Two eyewitness, a nine-year-old and a 13-year-old, said that that was not true. Like, that absolutely was not true. Going on, um, uh, she, they pretty much get into a physical altercation. Um, do said that uh, Latasha Harlings called her a bitch. No, take that back. Do called Harlings a bitch and accused her of stealing, which um, they claimed that Latasha <clears throat> replied that she intended to pay for the orange juice. You know, like, no, I'm not uh, trying to steal. I'm trying to pay for the orange juice. Then um, it said that she grabbed Latasha's sweater and Latasha um, hit her with the backpack and punched her in the face two times to get her loose. And that she threw her through Latasha's backpack at her and Latasha put the orange juice up on the counter and walked away. 
as Latasha walked away, the um, dude reached under the counter and pulled out a revolver and she shot Latasha in the back of her head from about three feet. She killed this baby instantly. Now, dude's husband heard the gunshot and he rushed into the store. And, you know, he was asking, like, what happened? And he, he asked for the whereabouts of Harlings before fainting. And he dialed 911 to report an attempted holdup. Now, that's where this is fucked up. And that's where this is an um bogus ass injustice. How was it an attempted holdup? Now you tried to cover up for your wife. It wasn't a holdup. What was she holding up? For orange juice? No. And the killer part of this was they did have surveillance camera. The surveillance camera showed it all. I have seen it. The surveillance camera showed it all. The surveillance camera showed that, yes, that it was an altercation between Latasha and Do, where Do grabbed Latasha. She grabbed her first and she's struggling with her. And Latasha did punch her in the face to get loose from her. And then she picked up her juice and put it on the counter and literally walked away. Soon as the girl turned her back, do shot her in the back of the head. She shot her right in the back. That lady, that lady shot her. Now, they went to court and that trial do testified and said that it was self-defense and she believed that she was in danger. But don't forget, it was two witnesses inside the store and it was also a, a security camera and the security camera showed that um, Latasha did not try to hold up the store. And that Latasha was trying to pay and that do shot her in the head when she turned to walk away and leave the store. And then even the gun, they said that her gun required much less pressure on the trigger than a fire of an ordinary handgun. So they had their gun even trigger rigged. And nothing was hap nothing happened. Now, they went to court, of course, and she was found guilty. She was found guilty of voluntary manslaughter, which carried the maximum sentence of 16 years. And the jury recommended the 16 year sentence. But see, this is where the miscarriage of justice comes in with the fucking judge, which we don't, I don't call her judge because to me, she's not a judge. You're, you just someone that doesn't care. Another person that never cared about, um, black lives. And I would even want to look at other cases that you've had to see how many other black 
children or black men and women that have died and you just giving people a old slap on the wrist. I think they need to open up all her little cases. However, we know that ain't happening. But the judge's name is Judge Carlin. Judge Joyce Carlin, and it's all public information. Judge Joyce Carlin did not accept the jury's recommendation of the maximum 16 years for killing a 15 year old girl for no apparent reason. Now, mind you, this is before our um, George Floyd's. This is right back up in here with Rodney King. This before our Breonna Taylor's. This before our Sandra Bland's. This before our Trayvon Martin. And don't forget, he was killed for Skittles and a uh, sweet tea. Oh, and because he had a hoodie on. But it was raining outside. I guess he just supposed to walk in the rain. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to. I don't know. However. Back to this judge. If that's what y'all want to call him. She did not accept the jury's plea. And guess what she gave them? She sentenced due to only five years probation. She had to do 400 hours of community service. And. She only had to pay a $500 fine. That was it. That was it. And the judge replied, Oh, what Miss Dude did while well, she acted inappropriately? Absolutely. But was the reaction understand was was the reaction un understandable? I think that it was. So it was understandable for her to shoot and kill an innocent 15-year-old girl that didn't do shit. That didn't do anything. Because you had a chip on your shoulder. You decided to kill a 15-year-old girl early in the morning. But the judge thought that that was understandable. Um... The judge also added, this is not a time for revenge. No matter what sentence the court imposes, Mrs. Dew will be punished every day for the rest of her life. Uh, no, she should have had her ass in jail for 16 years of her fucking life. That's where she should have been. Hell, she would have been in dead her years by now. The state appeals, um, they appealed it and they, uh, the courts, uh, unanimously upheld, uh, the judge sentence, the judge sentences. Of course they would. Why wouldn't they uphold it? It was a black girl that was killed. Now, if it was back in that day, and of course now, if it was a white girl that was killed by Mrs. Do in that store, they would do the book at her. But, um, yeah. 
In July of 1992, the Harlins family was awarded $300,000 in a settlement. So you kill her and her life is only worth $300,000. Mm. Now, um, it did have effects. Um, the incident, um, and reduced sentencing by the court exacerbated a, the existing tension between African American residents and the Asian American residents in the South Central Los Angeles. These tensions were later interrupt, inter, ugh, they were later pushed forward by some small members of the public and activists as being one of the catalysts for the 1992 Los Angeles riots. The Los Angeles mayor estimated that 65% of all businesses vandalized during the riots were Korean owned. On August 17, 1991, while Du was awaiting trial, a small fire occurred at her store. During the 1992 riots, Du's store was looted and burned down and it never reopened. The property later became a market under different ownership. Latasha Harlins is buried next to her mother in Paradise Memorial Park in Santa Fe Springs, California. Now, um, was it probably part of the Los Angeles rise? Probably so. Probably so. But you have to realize, um, you can't say that um the Los Angeles riots, oh, it really took down 65% of all business that was vandalized was Korean owned. Well, if you go in any black neighborhood, majority black neighborhoods are Korean owned. So if the business were vandalized, wouldn't it be Korean owned businesses? I'm just saying, because even in the black neighborhoods now, majority of our beauty supplies, our, um, shoe stores, our clothing stores, um, they are Korean owned, especially in the African-American community, as far as like hair stores. And beauty supplies, oh yeah, that's Korean owned. So, well, not Korean, take that back. Um, Asian American merchants. So, with that being said, you, you they kind of own majority of the property in the African American community. So, if it was vandalized and it was vandalized in the African-American community. You know, it's only said that they stores would be vandalized. I'm just saying, but that was the effects. And it, as we march now for black lives matters, they was doing the same thing back in the nineties. Even so, um, how we have certain songs that, Talk about Breonna Taylor, George Floyd. Um, Tupac took part 
Note in Harlan's death, and in 1993, he released a song entitled Keep Your Head Up, which was dedicated to Latasha Harlan's. And thereafter, Shakira made frequent mentions of Harlan's in his songs, including tracks like Something to Die For, Latasha Harlan's Remember That Name, Cause a Bottle of Juice is Not Something to Die For. And that is absolutely true. Thug Mansion, Little Tasha, show grown. Tell the lady in the liquor store that she forgives. So come home. I wonder if heaven got a ghetto. Tell me what's a black life worth. A bottle of juice is no excuse. The truth hurts. And even if you take the shit, move. Cause it's, cause gets a lawyer. You can't shake the shit. Ask Rodney, Latasha, and many more. White man's world. Rest in peace, Latasha. Lil Yummy and Kato. Hellraiser. Dear Lord, if you hear me, tell me why little girl like Latasha had to die. And N-I-G-G-A. Licking off shots for Latasha, that's proper. Um, so it was quite a few songs and that were dedicated to Latasha Harlings, and she could have had a more fulfilling life, but she is home. And she's buried right next to her mother. And the reason also that I bring this up is because it's po poetic almost to me. That this happened in 1991. And here it is. 2021. And we still dealing with the same shit when will it change when will it change when will we as black people not have to worry about if we have something in our hand or it's not covered or if it looks as though we may be trying to Steal something that we aren't shot, killed, or looked as though we are thieves. And it's nothing of that sense. It's 2021. That's 20 years. It's 19, this happened in 1991. 20 years ago. And why can we not have change? We're still going to the same thing. We had the uprest. When was that? Last year, 2020. What happened? We have a black man killed in the middle of a street over a alleged K 
counterfeit $20 bill, when will it change? That's the question. We have to make a change. We have to be the change. Everyone has to be the change. Black, white, orange, green, yellow, brown, blue, purple. We all have to be the change. Once we all be the change and identify and stop this shit in its tracks, it'll stop. But we all have to be the change. So we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. And I want to take this time to thank you for listening to the Mayday Mayhem podcast. And I am your host, Mayday Mayhem. And you can not only catch me on Anchor FM, but you can catch me on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. If you have a streaming device, listen to your girl, Mayday Mayhem. And Hey guys, it's your girl Mayday Mayhem, and I wanted to let you guys in on this little website that I've been frequently lately. It's called Dishy Q Kids, and that's D I S H I Q U E Kids. Check them out. Oh my god, their plates are so cute. They have the plastic plates for kids. They have little trinkets on there and you, it makes the kids want to finish their plates quicker. And guess what? These are shatterproof plates. Now y'all know I got four kids and my kids be trying to test them up. However, these plates have been put through the test. So check them out. Go ahead and check out how y'all say it now. This your cute kids. D-I-S-H-I-Q-U-E kids. It has a hippo and it says hip hip hooray. If you see the hippo, you are in the right spot. Check them out. They have plastic paints and tabletops. Check out the website. It is a galore of things. And I guarantee you will enjoy what you see. Check them out. D-I-S-H-I-Q-U-E kids.com. Check it out for plastic plates and tabletop dishes. For your kids, adults, mugs, all that you will enjoy. Check it out. I would also like to take this time and thank all my sponsors and listeners support because without you, this podcast would not be possible. So I would like to say thank you and I love y'all. Let's keep going on with the show. And welcome back to the Mayday Mayhem podcast. I am your host, Mayday Mayhem M. 
and we are talking about now. I know you've all heard it. The elusive Kurt Franklin. Yes. Now, we all know from Kurt Franklin from his song, Stone, 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 Stone. You know, sometimes he would be saying stomp so hard that I'm like, ooh, Kurt. One of them times you're going to slip up and cuss. You know, because sometimes he'd be real passionate when he be singing about the Lord. <laughs> you know, he be getting into it. <laughs> you know, you listen to Kurt Franklin's song, because sometimes I'd be like, oh, did he just say shut your motherfucking mouth? He talking to the devil. Did he just say, he didn't say that, did he? Did Kurt Franklin say, he, no, I'm imagining that. Oh, you for real, mama. Kurt Franklin didn't tell the devil to shut the fuck up. He didn't just say that to the devil in that song. He didn't say it. He didn't. Or maybe I imagine him saying that. I don't know. But, you know, Kurt Franklin has always, um, he's, he's been, the, of course, we know him as like, um, I like to classify him as a, um, R&B Christian singer, you know, it's like R&B Christian Baptist music together, you know, it's church music, but it's got that R&B flair on it. Cause you had gangsters, you know, singing, oh, I'm saying you had gangsters singing that, you know. Certain times at the club back in the day, we heard, is that stomp? Oh, snap, everybody. Stomp. Put your hands up. Stomp. I'm telling you, I used to be out there doing it. I mean, that was before we had wigs. You know, when we used to have like the little buns and little hair dangling down. I mean, that little hair be dangling. Stomp. You know, like we really be doing it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't act like y'all don't know. So, when this information about Kurt Franklin came out, about him cussing out his 32-year-old son. Now, Kurt Franklin is 51 years old. 51, 51. And he can be heard cussing the fuck out of his 32-year-old son. And all I can say to that is, I knew you had it in you, Kurt. I knew you had it in you, bruh. I, man, you cussed his ass out. You let his ass have it. And you know what? With all due respect, let me stop playing. Because you know in black families, we will cuss each other the fuck out. We will. We will say, I'll break your motherfucking neck. We'll say that. We will say that to our child like, who the fuck you talking to? I'll break your neck in half. I will take my foot and shove it down your goddamn throat sideways. We will say that to our children. Not meaning we gonna do it. But also, you have to understand, him and his 32-year-old son, 
they have um, a toxic relationship, so to say. And this is something that's been handled privately. And to be honest, I think his son, Bogus, why would you record your father and then post it to Instagram? It's like you wanted to, you know, defame or, you know, um, you know, do something to your father in some type of way. Now, we all know Kurt Franklin and the Franklins and them, they come from that very church, churchy type thing. And, you know, church, when you're dealing especially with black churches and church folks, and that's even any church folks, you know, it's a certain je ne sais quoi that they kind of carry about themselves. Right, sir. So, with that being said, they they have said allegedly that Cameron allegedly is the black sheep of the family. And we don't know that. This is a private matter, of course. And with that being said, since it is a private matter, I'm really at a... I'm really flabbergasted at why would his son posted to Instagram and cause the father after, you know, he, after Kurt Franklin said, I break your neck because you know, he was felt as though he was being disrespected. He hung up. Nah, I know sometimes I get on my mama's nerves. I ain't gonna lie. I get on her nerves. And when I do get on her nerves, guess what she do? She hangs the fuck up on me. Guess what that mean? Whoa. <laughs> I fucked up. She mad at me. <laughs> let me let her cool girl for a few hours. Give her, give her 30 minutes. She be alright, you know. Give her a few minutes. You know. I give her a few minutes. And it's all good, you know. She's calm. You know. What did I do? What did I say? You know you can't take everything I say seriously. I have no sense. You know this. <laughs> you raised me. I'm your child. We know who my father is. What do you expect? And so she used to be like, you know what you write. You is your daddy's child. And then I have to be like, like, wait a minute. Whoa. And so like it was a dig at my intelligence for a second. You know, she'd be aight. However, we only heard a small fragment of this phone call. And we don't even know what set Kurt Franklin off. We have no idea what set him off. What was the call about? What, what were they really talking about? And why would you record a phone call between you and your father and then post it? to social media and then you want to tell people that this is the the tensions that you talk that goes on in your family but I would think that would be something more that if you record it 
that would be something more that you want to give to your um, psychologist or psychiatrist or your um, mental health professional or, you know, someone that's, you know, helping you, you know, heal in your healing process. I don't think you should have posted that to the entire world. And, you know, knowing that this was going to create a big uproar between, you know, your family. So, you know, I, I pray that they get there. They get it together. They get their counseling and, um, this family does heal with all, all due respect, take the jokes and shit out of it. With all due respect, um, I want the family to heal. They need to heal. Um, and it's sad because this could have been a valuable teaching. And I always say this, this could have been a valuable teaching moment for the Franklin family that maybe if you were recording this, this is something that you could have took to your counselor. Like I said, your psychiatrist, um, and you know, or your family therapist and, you know, even show like them, like, look, see, this is why I feel this way. You know, that could have been proof for your own, you know, rhyme or reason for your own mental stability, if that makes sense. But to air it out publicly, no. No, baby, that ain't going to work. No, baby, that ain't going to work. No. I think that's something that should have been done privately. And I'm praying that the family gets their help. And they do um, take this time and really heal. And really get themselves together. Because this can be monumental for them. This really can. And I'm praying that everyone gets the help that they need and everyone gets some type of relief and substance to this because it's sad and neither party should have to go through this father nor son. And I believe that this may just be um may just be a cry for attention. You know, he feels left out for whatever reason, but I don't think that he should have recorded his father and broadcast it to the world, no. But yet again, let's just keep the family in our prayers and let's just hope for the best and keep keep going with prayers okay so we will be ending our podcast for today um don't forget um please submit any and all comments 
to maydaymayhem at gmail.com or you can go on to the website at www.maydaymayhem.com and be a part of the mayhem and pandemonium. <laughs> but I'm going to leave our podcast the way I always leave my podcast. If no one told you they love you, I do. I truly, truly do. And make sure you do better today than you did yesterday and strive for a better tomorrow today. Thank you and good night.